0: You know, looking back, Arthur might not be the wholesome PBS Kids cartoon that we all thought it was. I mean, he had an episode where everyone in school struggled with addiction to strange ingredients in the candy bars that they were eating. That's certainly concerning. And the whole world seems to operate under unspoken societal prejudices and hierarchies. I mean, did your six-year-old self ever notice the fact that reptile characters are only ever shown to be doing jobs with heavy manual labor? It's true! It's almost enough to make you ball up your fist in anger. But there's one other dark truth about this show. Show that you might have missed back in preschool. Heck, that the adults watching this with their kids have still missed to this day. A dark truth that'll make your brain melt. And that, my friends, is what we're covering today. Welcome to Film Theory, the show that has an original point of view, just like everyone that you meet when you're walking down the street. Here's a question for you, what's the longest-running American cartoon? If you said The Simpsons, well, you probably also watched our King of the Hill episode, and you're right, congratulations. But you know what the second longest-running cartoon in America is? It's our buddy, Arthur the Aardvark, who's been growing up while learning family-friendly lessons on our TV screens since 1996. This would be the part where I say, only 90s kids will remember, but after 22 seasons arthur is still on the air it's wild that my son can grow up watching the same shows that were on tv when i was a kid and i'm glad that arthur never left because every kid ought to grow up in a world where we can learn to work and play and get along with each other arthur's also one of those shows that's great to go back to as an adult because a lot of the jokes were totally put in there for the parents who had to watch whatever their kids were watching and if you were a kid well you probably missed a lot of those references the first time around sorry sue ellen it's a brother and sister race. Maybe there's a contest for lonely children after this. It's only children, DW. A lonely child is what you're gonna be when I sell you. Holy jeez, Arthur. When you sell your sister? It's what am I gonna do? To Run away. Join the circus. She... My mom knows a good plastic surgeon. But there's another thing that you might have missed when watching Arthur as a kid. Something that's not so bright and cheery. It may be a wonderful kind of day, but we wouldn't be film theory if we weren't willing to ruin those wholesome childhood memories by exposing the dark and tragic truths behind them. Now, if you're somehow one of the people who didn't grow up watching this PBS classic as a kid, Arthur is a show about an aardvark named Arthur and his sister, DW, as they go to school with their friends, including a rabbit named Buster, a monkey named Francine, a bulldog named baby be- a bear named the brain, everyone in the world is an animal, in case you missed the pattern. And, um, that's pretty much what you need to know. In typical kids' show fashion, they learn life lessons, they shade each other. You know how polylocket Pocket works? That's where you keep your most special important thing. I figured you'd want to put this in there. No, thanks. I'm going to put in a picture of my cat. Oh. And they burn the spelling of aardvark into your brain so completely, that literal decades after you watch that one episode, you still hear it in your mind. A-A-R-D-V-A-R-K a-A-R-D-B-A-R-K- No joke, it is still how I remember how to spell that word. Even as I'm typing this up, that song is playing constantly in the back of my brain. And that's what you get if you're the target demographic. But if you've ever stumbled across an episode of this show as someone a bit older, after learning about the birds and the bees, you might be wondering how, in a society of animals, interspecies romance works. But ha, joke's on you, the show is already one step ahead of you. Despite Arthur living in a society with many different types of animals, most families seem to be single species. Arthur and his sister D.W. are both aardvarks, and both of their parents are also aardvarks. Buster Baxter is a rabbit with two rabbit parents. Francine is a monkey with two monkey parents, and so on and so forth. Now, we do know that interspecies romance isn't exactly taboo. For instance, back in 2019, Mr. Ratburn, who you might have already guessed is a rat, married an aardvark. And while that episode was apparently controversial enough to get it banned from television in Alabama, I'm gonna wager that the outrage was more about the fact that Mr. Ratburn was a man marrying another man and not so much the fact that it was a rat marrying an aardvark. In this world, there's apparently nothing saying that an aardvark can't date or marry a rat, but when it comes to biology and reproduction, the Arthur universe seems to follow rules pretty similar to our own. If you're an aardvark looking to make some aardvark babies, you're gonna have to find yourself another aardvark, or at least that's the way it seems at first until you start digging deeper and you notice a strange trend. For instance, Molly and James McDonald. They're both rabbits, and while their father is a rabbit, their mom is a dog. Emily here is also a rabbit with a rabbit mother and a monkey father, and Carl is a rabbit, who has an aardvark mother and no other parents that we can see. At first, these three examples might seem to disprove the idea that interspecies romance in the Arthur universe can't result in reproduction, but there's another thing that they all have in common. Molly, James, Emily, and Carl, the four characters who all have at least one parent that doesn't match their own species, are all rabbits that doesn't seem like it can be a coincidence in a world full of aardvarks monkeys bulldogs and all other kinds of animal species It just so happens that the kids who have parents of different species all are predominantly rabbits when you see a pattern like that It's the kind of thing that raises questions and demands answers The first question I had is whether there might be some particular quirk of rabbit biology that might allow them to breed across species It's not unheard of for there to be genetic hybrids after all for instance you may have heard of mules Well, they're the offspring of a horse and a donkey. There's also many varieties of zebroids, which result in crossbreeding zebras with other species. You know what you get when you cross a zebra and a horse? A zorse! What do you get when you cross a zebra and a donkey? A zonkey! And those aren't jokes, those are actual real animals that can be created via crossbreeding. We assumed that Molly, James, Emily, and Carl were all rabbits based on their distinctive rabbit-like features, but could it be that they're the result of some kind of crossbreeding? Well, the science doesn't seem to support it. Rabbits aren't genetically similar enough to dogs, monkeys, or or aardvarks to crossbreed with them. You could argue that the Arthur universe has different rules here. After all, all the animals are genetically similar enough to walk upright on two feet and speak to each other in English. But even if that were the case, it still doesn't explain why it's only rabbits that we see as the children in these interspecies relationships. However, there may indeed be a biological explanation for why it's always rabbits who seem to be raised by non-rabbit parents. And it gets into some territory that has some pretty troubling implications for the wider Arthur universe. One thing that we've been doing this whole Time is operating under the assumption that all of these rabbit kids are the biological children of the parents that they live with. But as we all know, the real world is full of plenty of examples where parents and children aren't related by blood. Obviously, adoption exists. And there are plenty of kids with divorced parents living with their step parents. In short, the way I see it, there are two key possibilities potentially causing this trend. One, divorce is more common in rabbit couples. Or two, rabbit children are getting put up for adoption more frequently. So let's start with possibility one, divorce being common in rabbits. You see, this theory already seems plausible considering that divorce exists in Arthur's world. Buster Baxter has parents who are separated. Also a rabbit couple. Hmm. And there's a real-world explanation for this. You see, real-world rabbits don't tend to mate with only one partner for their entire lifetime. They're not monogamous. You could say that they are hopping from partner to partner. Which, you know, could produce some strain on a relationship when Bitsy Baxter over there is finding her husband Bo in the burrow with another woman. Except, there's a problem with all this. Rabbits aren't alone in this category. Very, very few animal species are actually monogamous. It's mostly because it doesn't make sense from a genetic standpoint. Reproduction is all about ensuring the survival of your genes into the next generation, so you want as many chances at that as possible with a relatively wide array of mates. Monogamy is costly because it requires an individual to place their entire reproductive investment on the fitness of their one mate. It's putting all their eggs in one basket, literally. And in Arthur, we see all different animal types from aardvarks to bulldogs, goats, monkeys, moose, pigs, sheep. In all, I counted about 20 different species of animals shown to be functioning members of this society. And the fact is, most of these types of animals would be dealing with the same marital issues if monogamy was really a concern in this universe. So it doesn't seem like divorce here is causing the issue, which means it has to roll up to option two. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. 2. Adoption. But why would so many bunny babies be put up for adoption in this universe? Well, I think it's actually the result of two contributing factors. You see, it's no secret that rabbits are notorious for their mating abilities. The phrase, breeding like rabbits, is a thing that exists for a good reason. Rabbits are able to become pregnant early in life, with some species able to get the ball rolling, so to speak, as early as four months of age. Add to that the fact that the female is able to get pregnant for all but three days per month, and you've got yourself a wide open window for babies. Now, that alone would be pretty unique in the animal kingdom, but there's another few factors that make rabbits incredible breeders. You see, a mother rabbit usually gives birth within 32 days of getting pregnant, and is ready to get pregnant again almost immediately after giving birth. So if they wanted, a mother rabbit could have a litter of babies almost every month, nearly 12 in a year, which is incredible. Compare that to humans, where the gestational period is 266 days. But what makes rabbit breeding truly insane is that each of those litters can have anywhere between 1 and 14 babies, with the average being 6. Compare that to other animals that we see in the Arthur universe. Aardvarks? One baby every seven months. Monkeys? One baby every two years or so. Dogs, cats, foxes, bears, you name it, all of them have longer pregnancies and smaller litters. Which means that there's gonna be a lot more rabbits in this world than there are any other type of animal and this is something that's actually confirmed by the show's character list. Looking through lists of all characters to have ever appeared in Arthur, you quickly see that there are nearly 220 unique rabbit characters that have shown up on the screen. The second most animal species is, as you'd expect, aardvarks, which clock in at around 170 unique characters, but that number is also inflated since our main character is himself an aardvark, so the show is going to revolve around him and his animal type. No other animal even comes close to touching the number of rabbit characters in this show. Now, it'd be tempting to say that all these newborn bunnies are resulting in the parents abandoning some of their kids, which is terrible and awful, and quite honestly would make a pretty darn good dark twist for this episode on a show made for elementary school kids, but I don't think that's the case here. There isn't any scientific evidence suggesting that rabbit parents are any more negligent than parents of other species, and it also wouldn't explain why there are so many one-rabbit households. Now, I think that there's something else at play here. You see, there is one basic bit of biology that separates rabbits from pretty much every other species that we see on the show. Lifespan. Let's go back to that character frequency chart, shall we, and compare the lifespans of the most common species that we see in the Arthur universe. Ardvarks, 18 years in the wild, 23 in captivity. Brown bear, 20 to 25 years in the wild. Dogs, 10 to 15 years, depending on the breed. Indoor cats, 13 to 17 years. Brown spider monkeys, 27 years in the wild, 33 in captivity. Rabbit, 1 to 2 years years in the wild, five to seven in captivity. To borrow from another kid's program, one of these things is not like the others. In the world of Arthur, animal lifespans are probably going to be closer to what they would be in captivity, since Arthur and his classmates probably don't have to worry about things like natural predators. Of course, I missed that episode where the brain has to learn to suppress his bear-like instincts to avoid devouring his classmates. But even when raised in captivity, rabbits have a much shorter lifespan than aardvarks, monkeys, dogs, and pretty much every other species that we see appear in Arthur, with the only big exception being rats, but then again, this is a third-grade rat in Arthur. Dude already looks like he's ready to put a mortgage on a house, so I'd say he's aging pretty darn fast. Now, obviously, everything that we see in the Arthur universe isn't going to be one-to-one with real life. These animals can stand upright on two legs to walk down the street and can learn to work and play and get along with each other. These animals seem to age at a rate similar to humans. While real-life rabbits are capable of breeding at ages as young as four to six months, Buster is eight years old and doesn't seem to have hit puberty yet. So if we adjust animal lifespans to human lifespans, like we see on the show, it would look a little something like this. Aardvarks, 97 years. Brown bear, 95 years. Dogs, 42 to 63 years, depending on the breed. Cats, 63 years. Monkeys, 139 years. Rabbits, 24 to 42. And this, my friends, explains the thing that sent us down this rabbit hole in the first place. Which is why there are so many rabbits who seem to have guardians of other species, or just live in single rabbit families. The simple fact is that even if rabbits are starting families at ages as young as 18, a significant portion of them won't live long enough to see their kids finish school. With rabbit lifespans so short, it's no wonder that so many rabbit kids are being raised by non-rabbits. The surviving rabbit parent probably remarries out of desire to have a partner to raise kids with them. If this is common in the Arthur universe, it wouldn't be all that weird for this sort of thing to happen, which would explain why it's never commented on by characters in the show. Arthur has been on the air since 19th Ninety-six, and he's just one of those cartoon characters that doesn't age. He's been an eight-year-old third grader for over 23 years Which I gotta say is probably a good thing if the series actually followed the characters for 23 years They might have already gotten to the point where Buster's classmates have to hold his funeral while everyone else is in the prime of their Lives that of course would be after the episode where Buster goes through his midlife crisis somewhere in the middle of high school Looking at all the life expectancies for the animals in the Arthur universe Arthur the aardvark actually has a pretty decent shot of outliving most of his other classmates. Maybe he really should marry Francine the Monkey if he's looking for someone to spend his golden years with. Oh wait, he actually does. This is something that is confirmed in the show. They do wind up together and strangely have a conversation about Buster. There's Buster Baxter. Whatever happened to him? Huh, whatever happened to Buster? Strange how those best friends don't wind up together in the end. And notice how Arthur just doesn't respond in this moment. He just stares sadly off into the distance. It's almost like he had a dear old friend who died a bit too early. And that, my friends, is my feel-good episode on the world of Arthur. Happy childhoods. And remember, it's all just a theory. A film theory. And cut. A-A-R-D-V-A-R-K. A-A-R-D-V-A-R-K. A-A-R-D-V-A-R-K!